Welcome to Attached, a platform for adding breadth and depth to everyday living. I'm Yaakov Danishevsky, and this is the conversation series focused on my book. In each episode, I invite a special guest to discuss the topic of a particular chapter and how it relates to our lives. I have the really tremendous chus, I don't have the right words for it, to be speaking today with my Rebbe, Reb Moshe Weinberger, who is uh, taking some time out of his very busy schedule to uh, to speak with us. And it's this uh, kind of special episode. Uh, as we finished, we went, we're going through each chapter of, of the book, and we just concluded uh, the, the last chapter of part one of the book. And so in between part one and part two, we're kind of having this this unique episode. Rabbi, thank you so much for making the time. My pleasure. Thank you for being here. So I wanted to start out by asking Rabbi about a phrase in Rabbi Nachman that I've found, uh, I've come across, I know of at least one place. I can't remember if I've come, if I've seen it elsewhere in, in the Torah of Rabbi Nachman. It's in Likute Moran, Torah Lamed Gimel. And this, this phrase that he uses kind of caught my attention. And every time I see it, it intrigues me. He talks about how when a person grows in their avodas Hashem, they come to higher and higher levels of attaining, and then he uses the lashon attaining, the experience of lehov es atzmo im Hashem yisbarach. Lehov es atzmo im Hashem yisbarach. That a person loves himself together with Hashem. I just when the first time I saw those words, I just kind of fell in love with them, and I'm I'm curious how Rebbe thinks about what Rebbe Nachman means when he says that. I'll tell you what I, under, I understood from that in Lamad Gimel. It's, it, it, Rabbi Nassim brings it down in a few places. Um, but interestingly, it's not really singled out with a, with a longer Hezbo of what that means. But the way, I, the way I understand it is that in order, to truly, in order to truly love oneself, one has to understand that I myself, I'm a shtikalakus, I myself, a chefza, that I have within me a mamish. When when a person's um, way of loving himself is based upon um, the gvulam, the boundaries and the constrictions and constraints of his own limitations and his own opinions and self-image, his own opinion of himself and his self-image, so then then the, the love is a very feeble and and uh, unpredictable one. It's not a kesher pnimi. When a person's self-love, it's not about uh, what is my role in life, um, how does the world see me, uh, am I smart, am I less intelligent, and so on. It's it's a, it's a love that is that is inseparable from the love that one has for Hakadosh Baruch Hu, since the essence of a of a Jew is Elokus, so it's infinite and it's not it's not restrained by any of the silly ways that we oftentimes come to love ourselves or to hate ourselves. It's a love that is it's a love that's that's boundless, but it's without it's without ego. Because it's completely, it's completely bottle in Hashem. It's, it's a, it's a manifestation of Elokus. So loving oneself with or together with Hakadosh Baruch Hu 
takes that ahava to a, to a place that's completely pure and boundless. There's a lot of uh, discussion. It's a very popular theme or emphasis now in the self-help and psychology world of self-worth or self-love. But I, I think, and I'd love to know what Rebbe thinks about this, that from a, from Yiddishkeit, from a, from a perspective of, of our, of, of our Messiah, it's not so much a matter of, of self-love or self-worth. It's, it's, it's that what we need to develop is the ability to see our worth from the perspective of of the Creator, our our worth from the perspective of of Hashem, which is a very different a very different experience than than kind of relating to myself as as I love myself. But it's it's Hashem sees worth in me, and 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 that's how I receive and and kind of see my value. Hundred percent, but the storm. The swarm bring down from the very beginning. The very beginning, there was a kitrug against man being created. My enos kisses kireno, and and to this day, there are people who measure their worth based upon what either an angel says or what other people say, and that's the definition of self worth. It's very very human and very and oftentimes very very silly, but but the self worth and self love that the tzaddikim are talking about. Is like it's brought down in the Slanam Swaram on the Pasuk, Musar Bini Al Timas, Musa, the greatest Musa of all is Bini, is that you're my child. And therefore, essentially, there can't be anything that's Ma'us, there can't be anything that's disgusting about you. And that's what we say, that's what we say uh, in the Ila, Atahiv Dalta, which is the response to the Kitrig of the angels who said, Ma'enosh, who is man. So the response is clear to us finally by the time we're davening the Ila, the whole year we're confused and how we evaluate ourselves. But finally, by Neila, we understand that man has been distinguished and separated from the beginning in what way? That man has self-worth only in as much and insofar as he recognizes that he is uniquely able to stand in the presence of God. That man alone is able to address God, to speak to God. His worth, man's self-worth is only through God's eyes and through that relationship with God. Not as an independent being. That's which the therapists, the psychologists, and so on, the philosophers, they're talking about man's independent worth. Man on his own is is worthless. Is my The angels are right. Man on his own, man without God and without being bottled telukus, and without that that love being a love together with the Kaddish then the angels were completely right. My what is man? And and man is only given trouble, has only caused aggravation for Kaddish but when man, but when man sees himself through the eyes of Hashem, and Musar bini al timas and bonim atem l'Hashem l'kechem, and through the through the uh, dynamics of Devekus, so then man's worth is is infinite, just as God's infinite. So if a person is is lacking in that, uh, and I guess to some degree we're we're all lacking in that somewhat. It's relative. How do we how do we try to connect more with that and and internalize that and we can say the words uh, but but how do we really bring that into our lives more? I think there are there 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 are two ways to to do that and and uh, I'm not sure which is which is easier which is harder. Everybody finds uh, one easier or harder, but. There's the there's the haskala. There's understanding. There's 
for instance, when a person um, a person hasn't learned uh, Tanya inside out, or for that matter, really Nef uh, inside out, then we don't really know who we are. And how could you love yourself as an expression of Elokus if you don't if you don't know who you are? We don't know ourselves. So the first thing is self-awareness. Not the way that self-awareness is used in, in popular psychology, but self-knowledge, I think, would be more accurate. Self-knowledge, to simply know who I am. If one does not, if one does not learn Tanya carefully, again, and there are others that would, again, more uh, of Dessler. I'm not, I'm not getting into what's your favorite uh, safer, but this firm that, this firm that, are addressing um, this this mitzvah of who a Jew is of what 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 are we who are we? So the first the first thing that one has to do is to is to um, study is to learn in depth in depth and to understand what's the nature of the soul to understand who I am what's in nefesh what's ruach what's neshama what's chayi what's yichid what's yichid what 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 who am I? That's that's the muskalos. For some people, that comes much easier than the second part of the avoda, which I believe is indispensable as well. And that's his bodidus. I think that that uh, um, you really you really could read up the the resume of a, of a young lady that you want to date. Let's say you get a resume, a bacher gets a resume, and he's very excited by the resume. It sounds very very interesting, and he does a lot of research and he reads up about this young lady. And he's very impressed with all of her credentials, but he but if he doesn't go out and date, uh, if he doesn't spend time with her, doesn't develop a relationship with her, so then it's just uh, it's like a person says you know sends a shliach to make a kedushin. He lives in New York, she lives in California, and you and you send a shliach, and the shliach says you and there's no relationship. So there are many people that that worship the the uh, the god. Of of the seichel of the intellect, and they and they might understand on some level the nature of the nefesh of the kids and and man's connection to God, but they but they never went on a date with the Kadosh Baruch um, What's wonderful, one of the wonderful things about about your sefer, which which is, is taken hold of Amisol in many ways, it's reaching this it's reaching this. Uh, Part of a Jew that has, has until now, you know, not found at least in the English language something so accessible, sort of a dating manual of of how to of how to um, of how to go out with the Kodesh Baruch His bodidus is something which is very much a very big part of that. It's not just a breast of a thing. Like some of like to make it kilo. This is a whole breast of. It's not just breast of. Not that there's anything wrong with it. We just I have no problem with that. But the Chavetz Chaim. And uh, and the uh, and the Shevet Musa and the Kadmonim and Sadikim all all and the and the way that the Neviim uh, went out with the Kadosh who was very personal and very intimate. So without that, without without going out, without dating, without without uh, speaking and communicating, all that's and all that's involved in his bodhis, you really you really can't uh, you really can't have that. That it's, it's just they're just words. They're just varm I don't know why, but for for myself, speaking very uh, personally here, I I find it 
accessible for me to uh it's it's i don't want to say it's easy because i obviously have many times where i i don't do this well but it's it's on some level i guess it's relatively uh easy for me to feel that i'm living with hashem and that when i'm when i'm doing things i'm going places there's kind of a feeling and a sense of i'm 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 together with hashem and uh and and i enjoy spending time uh in let's call it his away from other people away from work away from the community and being on my own with a Kaddish baruch Hu. but i again i don't want to overstate that i'm not like anything so amazing but i but i find that accessible but what i what i really struggle with and I, and for a long time already and i don't i don't know why i can't put my finger on it is the part of actually verbalizing and and speaking like speaking out loud the way that Rabbi Nachman and as Rabbi said many many others um speak about how a person should should create this relationship with Hashem by actually talking in my own language in my own words I can say a sentence I can say a sentence or two but for some reason I just I, I find it very difficult to really engage in in a in anything longer than that with any consistency a lot of people, a lot of people have have shared that with me, and um, I think that part of it is just um, expressing that to Kaddish Baruch We see in the in the in the Svarim and maybe Bender and other of the other of the Sadiqim from that world of Breslov in particular. There's a whole cipher that that in the shul we've been learning together over the past few years called Eshbov the Fun of Sichi. From uh, from Rabbi Avram Yitzchak Kaimel Zechon Levracha, and there are a few chapters that are that are addressing this uh, this difficulty that many people have, and we're just not we're not used to um, we're not used to speaking to Kaddish Baruch Hu, uh, without without um, somebody else's words without holding a siddur. Without the familiarity of, of a certain environment of tefillah, and I think we've been so habituated for all of our lives. Those who have been from uh, all of their lives have been so habituated to a certain way of davening. I think it's just a matter of habit. I have found an interesting thing, Rabbi Yaakov, that by many. Of... I'm sorry, Rabbi. I actually lost the volume there for a second. <laughs> Try again. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. No problem. Uh, look, but it, it's very. What I found, I don't know where we left off. What I found is very interesting. That that many of the Balichuv that I've spoken to have no problem with this at all. They they were not they were not uh, indoctrinated in 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 holiness in that way of of the shul. And all the and all the fixtures of tefillah, they're just not not indoctrinated that way. And for them, there's nothing that's more natural than uh, free conversation. Um, it, it it it's 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 so part of it, I believe, is is just that we were we were raised in in a way that it's so foreign to us, it's so difficult for us. And of course, there's overcoming that 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 feeling of uh, is he listening. 
you know, and much is written about that in this forum. I'm not going to go into that right now, but uh, how do I get a response? What What is the response? And one of the ways that the Svasemis explains the whole the whole crisis of Golis Hadibur, like we had in Mitzrayim, is that if a person feels that he's crying out and and he doesn't get a response or one that he can hear in ways that he's accustomed to, in, in, in ways that human beings are accustomed to, then it's then you're at some point you just sort of retreat into this uh, place that's called Golis Hadibur. Which is what was happening in Mitzrayim. That it wasn't just a matter of, you know, how not. Why weren't we? Why weren't we able to 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 daven? You look at Sefer Shmos. It begins with Vayeonchu, Vayizaku. You know, but no one's able to talk. No one's talking. And and one of the things that the Svasemis and other tzaddikim explain is that is that there were years and years where they felt that they that they were not being answered. And if you don't feel that, if you don't hear a response. You just you become muted. You just lose your you lose your ability to to talk. Again, uh, if you're if you're going out with somebody, Bacher uh, and, and the and the and the girl are going out on a date, and and then and this one's talking, this one's talking, and the other one's not listening, and no one's hearing. So then you lose your, you lose your chesed to talk. So one of the things that we have to break through in his bodhis is that Nakuda of Amunah that is telling us that Hashem uh, is is truly listening. We have to we have to really refine our belief in Kashbar who uh, his Bodhis requires a tremendous amount of Amunah in order for it to be something which is life-giving and life-changing. It, it has to be with, with we, we really have to reevaluate our Amunah in his in his presence in, in a way of Shavisha Hashem like the Sambit. And that, and as the Swarm says, brought down the Kadmonim, Rabbi Nachim brought down that Kilo at that moment of his Bodhus, Hashem puts away everything else in the universe. We don't know what this means. Only Hashem could do this. But there's nothing else that exists in the universe except except you. And and if you're not in that place and, and, and you're still uncomfortable with that kind of a, 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 of intimacy and coziness, then you, it's, it's difficult to, it's difficult to keep on talking. You know, you just, and then you start to wonder, like, what am I supposed to talk about, and uh, I, I, how much can I talk about, and so on. But it seems that people have no problem communicating with each other. Most people can talk for hours on end, uh, especially if it's you know in shul or someplace where they're not supposed to be talking. So it's not it's not because we we, we don't have the material to share with Hashem. It's because there's something yet that hasn't been refined in our emuna that He really cares, that He's really listening. That and that he has multiple ways of responding and and and, and speaking to us. Uh, that we have to begin to understand his language. I, I I believe that 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 there was in the secular world there there's some literature on you know the different languages of love that different people have different languages of love, and Hashem's language of love is one that we have to begin to decipher. How does he speak to us? And one begins when one begins to become begins to when one begins to understand Hashem's language of love and that's a whole different subject when one begins to understand Hashem's language of love then you feel wow he's actually he's actually talking to me also he's actually responding not, not in the way that uh, my friend does but he's he's responding to me and that generates more of a, a desire and a longing uh, to talk so it's it's really like everything else it's it requires a tremendous amount of work and tremendous amount of amuna. 
but it's the most gratifying thing in the world. And anybody who, who begins to work on it, even if they haven't yet become completely comfortable, will tell you that that uh, they thought in the beginning that they they were struggling to 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 struggling for the words and struggling for a little bit as borders, but then afterwards it's the it's the like Rav Yudah Levi talks about in, in Kuzri with the with the chassid with the, with the righteous Jew that it's the pre it's the fruit it's the sweetest moment of the day uh, those those moments of of intimacy and 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 uh, conversation. How can one start to to feel that there's a response? There's a, there's, to begin with, Reb Tzadik often spoke about um, what he referred to using the terminology that's found in in the in Chazal and the Rishayim. He spoke about a divine echo. It's called Kala Dahadra. Kala Dahadra, a voice that boomerangs that returns that comes back and he speaks about this in and in other places call of the hadra means that that a baskal we would say in lashna kodesh a baskal and a baskal a baskal means that that when i when I pour my heart out to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and and then I live that that day in in a state of God consciousness, looking for Hashem. In the, for instance, Gemara tells us uh, we see this in Maran Shabbos and other places in Chazal that that there would be Amarim that they would be walking in the shuk and Amar would be walking in the shuk. And he he would hear the conversation of two of two people in the shuk, and and remarkably it was it was it, it was what he was talking about to Kadosh Baruch Hu, what was on his what was on his mind and what he was something that he was struggling with or working at, and and he would hear it wasn't a direct voice of Hashem, it was a it was an echo of Hashem, it was an echo of Hashem. The tzaddik lives in a constant state of, of, of awareness, of God awareness. And, and because of that, he's able to hear in the conversations of children. The Gemara tells us also such a thing, like with at the time of Shushan Abiru, with Stokli Ptukech, and what were the children talking about that day in Cheder? Everything is Ashgach Pratis. Every single moment of every single step that we take is Ashgach Pratis. And those people who are were deeply committed to his bodhis and and speak to Hashem in a very, very clear and open and personal, intimate way, and beg HaKadosh Baruch Hu to clarify and to help and to and to and to to respond. They begin to they begin to pick up on certain frequencies that they normally would not even pay attention to. They they just it's it's a, a there are echoes that they hear from in, in conversations with other people, or even things that they see during the day, that are directly that Hashem's ways of Hashem's remarkable ways of winking and saying, "Here's here's your answer." Of course, one has to be careful with this because there could be all kinds of 
delusions and so on and so forth. It's a very big Indian. But one becomes infinitely more sensitive to Hashem's way of speaking, to that language of love that comes through even things that your own loved one says to you, that your children, that your that your spouse will say to you during the day, certain things. And and if you listen carefully, the Shekhinah is Medaberus Mitach Groyna, that the Shekhinah herself is speaking to you through your children. The Shekhinah herself is speaking to you through your wife, through 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 your friend and things that happen during the day, things that even occur, not necessarily words that are that are spoken, but events that take place that you that for whatever reason you happen to see, you happen to be part of, is something that came your way. So that's one of the one of the ways that, that Hashem speaks to us through this baskal, through this divine echo. One of the the topics I hear often talked about in schmoozing that you know i hear in different places or just some of the things that circulate in the current from world of one of the themes is uh talking about how great we can be and and kind of pumping people up to be uh you know talking about about greatness and i've uh i'm not sure if this is true this is the feeling that i have and i'm curious to know how rebbe feels about this there's a story that Rebbe once said about his about his father that uh, came to mind when I was thinking about this. So I personally am not sure if that message, how healthy that message is all the time, because first of all, I've, I've wondered about this and I'm very open to being corrected, but I, I don't know that that's something that um, is, is something that I, I see as being so spoken about in the actual Mamari Chazal of talking about, I mean, there, there is, and, and we were talking about before, of our greatness is the fact that Hashem desires us and Hashem wants us to be, but the way that the greatness is spoken about of how great a person can be and how much you can learn and how much you can, you know, perfect your midos, that type of greatness is not one that I think I don't know that I that I see as being so spoken about in Svarim, whether we're talking Hasidish Svarim or we're talking Litvish Svarim, which again I could be wrong, but that's my my observation. But number two, on a avoda level, that message of greatness I think can often leave people challenged or troubled because if I'm at a, a, a some sort of a convention or something and there's some amazing speaker who's going to give me this message that I can be so amazing and I can be so great. And then I'm going home and my avoda at home is to serve my kids dinner or put my kids to sleep or spend time sitting one-on-one -on -one with my wife or whatever it is. There's nothing about that that's, that feels like I'm doing something so cosmically great. And I don't know that there needs to be, <laughs> meaning it's okay that there's nothing so grandiose about that. It's just the right thing to be doing. It's what's meaningful about life. But when I'm given this message about how great and amazing I can be, then those very simple moments don't feel fulfilling. They, it feels like something's wrong when actually nothing's wrong. And maybe the message that we need to hear more of is not about how great we can be, but it's more a message of it's good enough to just be good enough. And it's, 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 it, you don't need to be grand. It's okay. It's good to just be good. <laughs> the story that I was that I'm referencing, and then I'll stop talking. I want to I want to know what Rebbe thinks. If any of my feelings on this are are correct or need or or could be redirected, uh, the, the story I I think if I have it right is that Rebbe said that 
that your father once overheard you saying, or overheard someone saying to one of the little kids who did something like threw their plate in the garbage or something like, oh, what a tzaddik or something like you're such a tzaddik. And Rebbe's father was not so happy with that comment uh, of telling the kid that they're such a tzaddik, which is kind of countercultural uh, to what, what, what people do nowadays. And uh, I'm just wondering what Rebbe's thoughts are on this. Listen, Rabbi Yaakov, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, my, my father said at the time that uh, he knew true tzaddikim and that when a kid throws his plate in the garbage, that's what he's expected to do. That's the right thing to do. And he should be encouraged to do the right thing. But a tzaddik is something else altogether. Much of this talk, uh, the reason that you didn't, that you haven't found it really in this forum, not that you don't see, uh, for instance, uh, in in the in the Muslim world in, in, in Slobodka, you know, Godless saw them. And then you find such beautiful, beautiful and sweet things about man's greatness that are scattered throughout all of the Swarm and the teachings of the Kedushas Levi and Rabbi Nachman and Rav Cook and so on. That same Rav Cook is famous for saying that just as one has to recognize my Godlu Hashem, one has to also recognize my Kotnu Hashem, how tiny. How 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 small are your actions, and and the meaning of that is, what Cook was saying is that everybody everybody is looking for Hashem in in, in the grandiose, the big events. You see what's going on nowadays. This is, in my opinion, this is all very not Jewish. They that this need for there to be something spectacular uh, that. The, the big event, whatever, whether it's from a simcha or whether it's even something, uh, uh, conventions of religious nature, whatever it might be, this idea that that something has to be something has to be very very big, magodlu, not 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 and I think that mo much of this comes from from secular culture, not from not from the svarm. Um, when Chazal tell us that, going back to uh, for a minute to Shushan, when Chazal tell us that. Gemara says in Megillah that that our machzah shekel that Haman Haman uh, paid Achashverosh, Aseros Alafim Kikar Kesef. He took the king's fortune. He paid to buy the Jews, like like uh, in Germany, like the Jews were being bought. So Haman uh, Haman was buying Jews for a fortune of money, and the, and and then there was this uh, Baskal. It came through the children. That even the that they were learning the halachas of famous mincha, the little flour that's used for the mincha, and the mitzvah machsa shekel, a half a shekel, and Chazal and and Mordechai said that uh, that the half shekel, the half shekel of 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 uh, of Am Yisrael is going to defeat the uh, millions of shkalim of Haman, and the deeper meaning of that is brought down in one of the svarim that. That shekel is the rashetevis shivtecha shavpecha kumecha lechtecha. It means that the measure of greatness is davke in makotnu masecha. Is how godly are you when you're feeding your children? How godly are you when you're when you're sorry to it's a little bit unpleasant when you're changing a diaper? How godly are you when you when you're upset with your with your kid? Or you're upset with your spouse. 
uh, it's not the big event. It's not the big event. It's the it's the Makotno. Where where is God in those small moments of, of life? Since the whole point of creation, the tachlis of creation is dear betachtainim. And and tachtainim means doesn't only mean this in a general sense, the, the physical world. It means when you're in a place that's tachtain shabatachtainim, shain tachtain mimana, shain lamata mimana. And and you and in that place of 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 infinite smallness, you you don't lose that connection to God, and you recognize His presence. So I think that all of this talk about how um, that the the especially the boys are hearing from the beginning very much in the yeshiva the stories about the Odom Godel that when he was when he was learning in Europe. There were some pictures on the wall, and he said that he left one blank on his wall because he's going to have his picture there. That that might work for for some for for some people, but I personally don't believe that that's a that's a Jewish approach. Um, that doesn't mean that we don't have shi'ifas to become greater people, but the the shi'ifa for greatness means at this particular moment of b'shivtecha, b'shachbecha, kumecha, lechtecha. Can I can I keep my eyes in the right place this moment? No one's going to know about it. It's not going to be written up. No one's posting it. This is all part of the culture of posting. This has become and it's become it's gotten completely out of control, um, and and it's become confused with uh, with the schmoozing that guys heard about godless them as sheifas for greatness, and and that's why there's a fixation on making siyumim all the time. Again, not that there's not the not that I'm saying anything. There's anything wrong with making you seem. It's a huge thing. It's a great thing. It's to me, it's more of something that's necessary to encourage people who otherwise uh, would not feel that incentive, that motivation. Going back to my father, Zechon Levacha, my father was finishing. He lived with all the time, but we didn't have parties. We didn't have big events. It just wasn't part of anything, and I and I never do that myself. Again. Uh, they're going to be people who are going to be very upset. What do you mean? It's a huge mitzvah to make it seem, and you, and you, and it, it gets other people excited. I understand all of that, and and maybe it was to the other extreme with some of the Jews that I grew up with, like my father and my uncle and other people that I saw, which was together with a certain unbelievable natural sense of humility. They didn't. They didn't need uh, to feel all the time uh, a big pat on the back. They didn't need to feel all the time that that uh, approval. They weren't snorers for for compliments and for approval and for the big, you know, the the uh, having having reached a certain milestone. The milestone was like like the, the, once there was a chassid of Lechovich that came to that was visiting the Kotzker, and the Kotzker, you know, asked this chassid of Lechovich, "Tell me what is your Rebbe's Indian?" Because you know it was known that there was certain each tzaddik had a certain greatness. This was was learning. This was tzaddikah. Whatever. Davening. So he asked the, the Koskis, what's your Rebbe's greatness? And he said, whatever he's doing that moment, that's his greatness. That moment, that moment was his greatness. That, in my opinion, is what is the message that we're getting from Chazal and from the Svarim And when one learns the Musa Svarim in a way of Panemius also in depth, I think that's the message. I think that, that, that the message of greatness has been has been uh, Hijacked by 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 a secular way of seeing things, and as a result of that, there's a tremendous amount of damage. People don't feel the significance of 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 giving somebody a compliment and making them feel better. People don't feel the significance and the the urgency of uh, 
of uh, of doing doing a doing a simple act of kindness, just helping your wife with the shopping, whatever it might be, and and that's that, that's really where greatness. That's dear betachtonim in the highest way. So I couldn't agree with you. I couldn't agree with you more. It's a very very big sugya. This what's going on now in the world with this Indian of uh, of uh, pumping, pumping, and pumping, and more pumping. It, uh, it's like everybody's in the in the locker room of uh, of the Super Bowl game, and uh, and being pumped up. It's. It, I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying there isn't the need for it, because the, but the, but it, there's something sad about it because people are so completely deflated and they have no other way of 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 getting motivated than by being incentivized by by some kind of pumping. But if we're talking about the panemias and the emes and the tachlis, well, it's not a Jewish thing. In my mind, it also kind of connects to what we were talking about in the beginning about the difference between kind of the secular idea of self-worth versus the Tyradic idea of worth that's from Hashem, because the, the greatness, I think, in when we find when we find the greatness of of Hashem's creations and 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 of of Yidin is is talking about the greatness of Hashem and that we are uh, able to be a, a manifestation, a kli, a shliach for that. But it's not mm-hmm. about I have a she'ifa to be a great Tamil chacham or I have a mm-hmm. she'ifa to be a great baltstaka or a great balmidos. It's that I'm part of something that's bigger than it's. It's not about me. It's about the the the, the thing that's bigger than me that I just am able to be part of in some way. Hundred percent. Because the, the because the definition of, of Hatzlocha has been again uh, mis, uh, misused. The definition of Hatzlocha, what it means to be when Yosef was called an Ishmat Sliach, we don't find anybody else that's called such a thing, Ishmat Sliach. If you look at it at that point in his life, uh, uh, it wouldn't fit with our narrative of uh, what's called a, a successful person. But um, Hashem knew. And only Hashem's Bachnu, that, that lonely person, that that young man that was in Mitzrayim, that that there was tremendous, tremendous worth to those uh, conquests that he made in overcoming certain temptations. That that um, nobody else, nobody else uh, knew about. Nobody else. Only only Hashem's Bach knows that. And and um, this whole this whole Mahalach of 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 defining greatness by by something that's more uh, out there and that's more obvious and that's more public and that's it's really uh, it's really because I believe it's it's playing into a certain uh, I'm so, I'm sorry to use the word but like the the wokeness this whole woke um, that you have to your hatzlocha means that you you can look at yourself as an ishmatzliach if the world agrees with you. If somebody disagrees with you, you feel hurt. You feel threatened. Uh, you you have to you measure success is success is 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 measured by uh, is measured by by reaching certain goals and certain destinations. And a lot of the teaching that goes on in our own institutions is very goal oriented. Very that's a very big thing. Very to, to to accomplish to finish to finish something as opposed to. When you look in this pharmacodoshim, that that was never really uh that was never really an important part of being an Ebed Hashem, the to reach a certain goal. Your goal, as I said, is this moment. Your goal is to remember that you're a Jew this moment and to overcome whatever it is 
that's pulling you away from that reality and to engage in whatever is bringing you closer to that reality at this at this moment uh, of your life not where is this taking me and and uh, and uh, how do how do people look at me and am, am I is this called greatness is it not called greatness it's uh, again you will find here and there a different form these type of diburim, but they've been they've been taken and wokenized in in our days. Does Rebbe think that that the difference between emuna and dvekos has anything to do with this? Meaning, in my mind, and if I'm correct about this, I think about emuna as being a way that we relate to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, to to God as as a transcendent being. Emuna is faith. Is there's there's some distance when we talk about faith. It's 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 not right in front of me. There's a, there's a faith that maybe maybe he is right in front of me, but I but I don't experience that. The way I think about dveikos is more a. I believe that Tzemach Tzedek writes this, if I if I have it correctly, that that dveikos is the is 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 the experience of Hashem that I actually experience Hashem, as opposed to Amuna being that I believe that Hashem is running the world, that Hashem is is creating at every moment, etc. But I don't get I don't really get to experience that. It's a faith as opposed to Dvekos is the actual relationship with Hashem, which of course is what I try yeah. to articulate and that's correct. That's correct. That's and, and so in my mind, the the world talks a lot about Amuna. I don't find that people talk very much about Dvekos. And I think that the medicine for for this need for greatness is relationships because in relationships we don't need to be great we just need to be we just need to be in relationship so if we're living with dvekos then we don't need these no you yeah you need you you need that when when it's when god is very is is very distant and and god is a, a a concept a thought then you then you need that and that's why, because there's such a weakness in relationships these days for many, many reasons, that there's a greater need for that. You're absolutely right. But when you're living in a relationship, then, as I said before, a, a smile, a gesture, a wink, and even less than that, it's the satisfaction of being in a relationship. It's not. I don't have to. I don't have to uh, have some end end goal. It's uh, the, the this moment is the end goal. I'm 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 walking with somebody who I love. Uh, taking a walk with someone who I love—that's that's the that's the uh, that's the end goal in of itself, you know. It's uh, there was somebody that once said that, you know, you could sit at, you could sit at a table, and there are many people who are having a conversation, and all, all kinds. Of, it's a very interesting discussion, and and if there's somebody, you know, you could you could even be at the table and have with people that and have this conversation with people that you that you have tremendous disagreements with and you don't see eye to eye at all and you could discuss and you could debate and you could have a conversation it could be people that you really don't like at all also you despise but via akif tishmon means that that we, which we passed through just last shabbos that that that's something else altogether that means that you could take a walk with somebody and not have to say anything because when there's somebody that you love you don't have you don't have to have all of those uh, uh you don't have to have all, all, all of the extras. It's when you don't want to take a walk with somebody that you can't stand. You can sit at the table with people and debate with them and argue with them, but to take a walk with somebody quietly in the night, uh, or to go on the boardwalk and just to understand each other, that's called Vegas. That's something else. All, it's a different world. It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's not the same world as, 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 
the, the mom and without the, the place of Tevekas. That's why when it comes to the mitzvah of Ahava, so that you, you could you, people give all the mitzvah of the Raisa. And so, so Chazal say that, you know, Tevekas is also to be double to a Tamil and Ahava is the love Torah. But the simple pshat in, in Ladovka by and Ubay Sidbak and Vahavta is, is exactly what the words mean. That's the simple pshat. Exactly what the words mean. It means they mean relationship. And when you're in that relationship, then you don't have to have your wife complimenting you all the time about how important you are to me. You don't have to be pumped because there's that there's that silent um intimacy that's shared, and there's nothing deeper in the world than that. There's nothing deeper. That's why the Tzadikim say that when you go for his bodhus, you don't you don't always have to talk. It's okay. You just be alone. Just to be alone. And to spend some quality time with with the Rebunishim that you love. It doesn't have to be a, a whole big deal. It doesn't have to be uh, screaming in the forest. It can be very, very, very quiet and very sweet. And the feeling of, oh, this is this is a walk that I'm taking together. Which is what Dovid Amalek said. That's what it means. It's it's a reality. It's not reaching for something. It's being in something. That's what your safe is about. Rabbi, thank you so much for always uh, guiding us to uh, to what's really uh, really real and to be in in that state of relationship and for making this time to. To have this conversation with me, it's really my greatest pleasure. It. Just, just to, just to spend a few minutes with you is a, is, is a big schus for me. And and Mr. Shem, you should have tremendous yet and shmein, the sias chain, and everything that you're doing. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this, please follow us on WhatsApp, YouTube, or Instagram. All our podcast series can be found wherever you listen to podcasts. I'd love to hear from you, so please reach out with questions, comments, or suggestions, or to be added to our WhatsApp groups. You can reach us through email using yakov, Y-A-K-O-V, dot attached at gmail.com, or on WhatsApp at 773-888-2413.